where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Dan McLaughlin joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. I not, have not talked or texted, talked or texted with Dan since yesterday, so I don't know if the Cardinal plane ever actually did take off and they got back to St. Louis. Dan, are you in St. Louis now? Did you make it? Oh, we made it. Yeah, we're here. Okay, everything's good. good. Yeah, we just had a little uh, little delay. Of, um, I don't even know. We we got back late. I just know that, <laughs> and we sat on a plane for a long time. Uh, and it wasn't because we were waiting for Juan Soto. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if it was delayed because Juan had to pack his bags. It uh, would have been kind of fun. <laughs> then uh, I did throw in on the broadcast on Friday that uh, we would throw in BT's seat on the charter and he'd have to find out, you know, a way to get home. <laughs> but uh, that didn't happen. So we're still all on Soto watch and probably a pitcher or two watch, maybe a catcher watch. Um, yeah, I think there's a problem. That would probably cover it for a while. Dan, you talk to Ali Marmol every day. You had Mo on the telecast yesterday. I want to know what your impression is. Do you think the Cardinals will make what we consider a major move by the deadline tomorrow? I could make the case, Randy, yes. And then I could also say no. I, I mean, I know the, I don't know the particulars involved with the Soto, you know, who's in, who's out. Are the Cardinals truly in or not? I just know that they're asking for a ton and typically with Mo, that has not been the case. And especially if you have the player that would come here, now you'd get him for the three years, or the three pennant stretches, I should say, and two full years, um, how much, how uncomfortable do you want to get, I guess is the question you, that you have to ask yourself. And I don't think Mo typically wants to get that uncomfortable with this. Now, if they had a guarantee that Juan Soto would re-sign with St. Louis, I think he'd do whatever it took to get him. But they don't have that guarantee um, and so on that front, I think that they'll be, you know, not cautious, but I, I think they'll, they'll put what they think is an uncomfortable deal for them, but I bet it's not as un- uncomfortable as Mike Rizzo wants it to be. Put it that way. Dan, uh, 25 years ago, the Cardinals acquired Mark McGuire at the trade deadline and subsequently signed him a month later for four years and 28 million. Do you think that'd get Soto the four years, 28 mil? No, I don't think that would get him for two months, Randy. Um, but, uh, you know, I, that's the thing. I, I, I still am just amazed, like when I was talking to the people in, in Washington about it, you know, I said, you know, one of the things we, we are forgetting with this, and, and it's all this stuff is true about, you know, he's 23, he's a generational type player and hitter, um, but he did turn down nearly half a billion dollars. Yeah. Like, have we ever thought about uh, half a billion dollars? And and he's represented by a guy that, especially if you're the big fish in the free agent market, he's going to encourage you to test the market. And that's what Scott Boris does. He's been tremendous for his clients. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think from a Cardinals perspective, would you love to have him and get him in your lineup? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? Everybody would. But they have bigger needs at times, which is their pitching, especially if Steven Matz is not going to come back and by all accounts – 
it looks like it's going to be very tough to see him or Flaherty coming back this year. So if that's the case, then you know you've got to address the pitching some way somehow. By the way, Dan, I think they will do. Yeah, I, I, I believe they will too. It was actually 25 years ago today that Mark McGuire yeah. played his first game with the Cardinals. Well, to put it in perspective, um, he played, and I'm going to get the numbers somewhat messed up. I think it was like 400 some odd games, and he hit 220 home runs. In Goldie, or maybe it was 500. And Goldie is like 100 games off the pace of where uh, uh, Mark was in terms of games played and has hit like 95 with the Cardinals. It was incredible the amount of home runs that that Big Mac hit. But also, I've said it a million times, I said it on the game yesterday, he changed the franchise. Um, And and you saw that firsthand, Randy. You and I were doing the games and around the team. I mean, when, when he's putting butts in the seats and to the DeWitts and ownership credit said, okay, we're going to, we're going to take that money and reinvest it in the the payroll. It changed everything. So I I still think that there's been a residual effect from that deal. Speaking of home run, excuse me, speaking of home runs, Dan, welcome back, Paul DeYoung, two home runs and two games for Paulie D since his call up. It looks like he's got his swing back and maybe equally as important his confidence back. What are you seeing in Paul DeYoung? Well, I, I I'll tell you, you're, you're right on both accounts. I think the the latter being maybe the most important, which is between the ears, but so important for him to, to get out of the gates here on a reset and hit the ball well, uh, which he did in the, the two games that he played in. But the thing that I saw, there was a, a pitch that was up. It was a fastball, and he hit it 421 feet. He's swinging through that pitch earlier this year. He had a big uppercut, so I, I think his, his swing has leveled off a little bit. We'll see if that continues. He's a guy that, you know, he lives by getting the ball in the air and hitting home runs. That is the game of 2022. So if they can get him back and get him back, he doesn't have to be awesome. He just has to be solid. Um, it, it helps you, I think, in a lot of ways. I think, you know, you look at Tommy Edmond playing second base, even though he was really good at short, but you get a very good shortstop into Young, just solid up the middle. And it allows you then to maybe not be overexposed with Gorman sometimes. And by the way, Nolan Gorman has played second base way better than I thought he would. So I don't think that's a problem. But what I'm talking about is being overexposed at the plate. So if he needs a day or two, you're able to sit him, let him regroup, reset, and then get back in the lineup. So there's a lot of things that can happen that are in the positive if Paul DeYoung is the Paul DeYoung they expect him to be. What do you expect Andre Pallante to be? Is yesterday an, indi- an indication? Obviously, it's an indication of what he's capable of, but is it an indication of what we should expect? Well, I, I would say that if you're a very good team, uh, Andre Pallante's in your bullpen. I, I think that's the best area for him. Now, it's the best I've seen him pitch because he was living on the corners, and I mean, he was dotting everything, and he had great movement. Um, but I, I think if you can, in a perfect world, have that weapon coming out of your pen for a couple of innings, um, that would be the best move in my mind. Now, is it to say that he can't do what he did yesterday? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he, he's best, in, in, at least in my estimation, he's best coming out of the bullpen. Dan, you're with the team as, as the trade deadline looms. What's the vibe around the team? Are, are players nervous? Are they checking their phones? Is, is potential acquisition something that's being talked about, or do these guys just go out and play baseball? I think some guys do. I, I think that some guys are, you know, if you're Paul Goldschmidt, you're not getting dealt, right? right. You're Nolan Arenado, you're not getting dealt. Um, I would imagine, though, for some of the younger guys, 
there's some anxious moments, and they're human beings, and they have phones, and they check the Internet, and they check Twitter, and there are various sites that they go to to look at what's happening. So to answer your question, Michelle, sure, they talk about it, no doubt. And, you know, players, it was interesting, you know, last night is where I sit in in the plane is kind of all the way in the back, and because that's where I need to be. I just need to be in the back of the line. Well, cool kids so, are in the back, Dan. Well, I just I do that. I get I get the hell out of the way. Just, <laughs> I, I bother these guys enough. So uh, the players are up front, and then kind of the coaching staff in the middle, and then there's some trainers and various people uh, in front of us, and even some of the young players. But it, it was interesting. I mean, they're going up to Ali and Askin, and they're talking, and Mo's on the trip, and Flo, and Michael Gersh, and Moises. Um, so you had the front office brass there, and you know they're all on their phones, and I, I mean, I say to them all, I was like, "What is this like? Like, what?" I remember on the bus yesterday, I, I was talking to, to Moises, and I'm like, "Okay, so give me what have you guys been doing? You just hanging out in a room all day, or what? What? What's going on?" He's like, "Pretty much." He's like, "You know, you get one guy in one corner, one guy in another corner. You got text messages going on your cell phone, then it turns into a phone call, or maybe vice versa, and you're just you're continuing to just obviously." watch the market and see and stay in contact with people that have players that you might want. So it's a busy time. Um, I think this time last year at the deadline, I think the final 48 hours produced 36 deals and the Cardinals made two deals in the last 30 minutes. So, Buckle up. It'll be fun before that first pitch tomorrow night. A couple of other things. Dan McLaughlin, the voice of the Cardinals on Ballet Sports. How much, I'm not saying this team isn't energized. I'm, I'm asking how much of a benefit would it be just for the front office to show the players, hey, we've got your back? Because when I was with teams on a regular basis, Dan, that was always a topic of conversation at the deadline, that if you make a deal, you're showing us that you have our back, and it really did energize clubhouses. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that too, Randy, Um, and I think it it does happen, and I think it would happen with this team. Um, This team has been through a lot. You know, when you think about losing Mets and uh, and, – Thank you, Flaherty. You know, that that's two major holes in your rotation that you've had to fill. It kind of it mix and match and, and do your best just to keep your head above water. So I do think that if they get some type of influx of an arm or two, um, all of a sudden they, they feel better about their team. I think the addition of DeYoung potentially could be a jolt. I, I mean, I saw that firsthand on Saturday. I mean, guys are fired up when they saw him. They they were like, yes, all right, let, this is great. Let's see him get back and get back to where he was. I think the uh, the crowds that we're supposed to have beginning tomorrow night are supposed to be huge. I'm, I'm hearing at least minimum 43,000 for every game beginning tomorrow night. Wow. Uh, and, and you're going to get Yachty back tomorrow, and the place is going to go nuts with that. And I think that also you're going to have the burst of energy when, you know, we're down to 60 games or whatever it is in two months to go with the final time you're going to see Albert Pujols in Yadier Molina. So at home, I think you're going to get that boost of, of energy. So the, this, this final two months has got the chance to be really special and really fun. And I think that they will make some moves. I just don't know which way they go. Hey, Dan, one final thing. And you mentioned it a couple times over the course of the weekend, you and BT, about walking around D.C. and seeing the sights. And actually, we were watching yesterday. My wife said, we need to go to a game in D.C. next year because she loves D.C. So tell me on one thing that you saw over the weekend, one of the sights or sounds of Washington, D.C., that would convince Randy Carricker to go. I go every year to the World War II Memorial. Every year. And... Unfortunately, by the day, we're losing our, our great veterans that served in World War II. And so every time I go there, I will see 
someone of an advanced age there, and they are emotionally just overcome with, I'm sure, thoughts and feelings and their emotions. And it, it just gets me every time I see it. I, I go there every – and it's a beautiful memorial. It's awesome. Um, and I guess it was – put up not too long ago, probably within the last 10 years. And um, every time I'm there, I see it. And it's just, it gets me every time. I'll say this too, the, the Cardinal, I was talking to some of the um, the Nationals broadcasters. And so they've got the Mets in town tonight. And the Phillies always used to travel very well to Washington. But they say the loudest crowd that comes through is the Cardinal fans. They say the Cardinal fans are the, the loudest that they have every year they come through there. Now, we're only there once a year, so that's part of it. So the novelty is worn off, I guess, for Mets and Phillies fans. But um, you're going to run into a, probably a bunch of your pals when you're walking around because the city is scattered with the red of the Cardinal fans. So I, I just I love the I love American history. So being able to, to answer your question, Randy, the World War II Memorial is just it's breathtaking and it's an emotional sight to see these great veterans get emotional over what I'm sure many memories, good and bad, back to them. Dan, great to hear your voice after that long road trip. Great to have you back here in town, and uh, let's go get them against the Cubs tomorrow. You guys got it. I'll talk to you next uh, week. Are we gonna? Who are we gonna have? You got? What do you think? We talk next uh, Monday. Who's Who's here? I'm going with uh, a deal with the Athletics. I'm going with Frankie Montas. All right. You want to throw in a catcher there too, or not? Yeah, I'll take Murphy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Although I've heard that they're not going to deal him. so Well, that's because they want Jordan boss. Walker. Yeah, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, brother. Okay, guys. Take care. You're the best. That is Dan McLaughlin on 101 ESPN. Yeah, Jordan Walker's not going anywhere. No. Another two home runs yesterday? No way. No. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.